learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 5, Episode 16. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Aaron McFarley. Aaron McFarley is a native of St. Petersburg, Florida. Aaron is a realtor and the CEO of the Rising Phoenix Firm, a confidence and leadership consulting firm. The Rising Phoenix Firm specializes in public speaking, confidence, and communication coaching. Aaron has over 25 years of experience in public speaking, as well as experience in training. She has trained over 2,000 instructors and children combined in building their self-confidence to believe in themselves. Erin has recently released her first book entitled Rise Up, Overcoming Depression, which is available on Amazon now. In this book, Erin shares her struggles with postpartum depression and the tools she used to overcome. Through all of her many business ventures, her greatest accomplishment to date is being the mother of her intelligent, funny, and handsome six-year-old son, Emery. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Erin McFarley. Okay, so Erin, welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. You're welcome. So I read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for overcoming depression and using your experiences to help others. I believe depression is indeed real and it can be deadly. So it's really awesome that you're shedding light in this area. Yes, thank you. I agree. It's something that it's like a kept quiet, shameful secret that people don't really want to talk about. I think it's time to have that conversation to help others overcome and overcome depression. Yes, exactly. I totally agree. All right. So are you ready to talk about leadership? I am ready. Let's go. All right. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Erin? Yes, I would agree. You know, it takes sometimes it takes people to show someone that they have a leader in them. So some people may need a little coaching to get there. But yes, I do agree that everyone in their own way can be a leader. Okay, thanks for that. And I do agree with you. You said a key point, right? We're all leaders, but some lead better than others, like you said, due to coaching and due to the development that I think any person needs, right? Like if you're fixing a car, the first day you decide to fix a car, you're not as great as you would be after you've taken classes and watched and done things like that. So that's a great point. Okay. So can you tell us when you realized you are a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? My grandma is a, was a big part of my life. She really helped raise me. And, you know, growing up, I, um, I was very insecure, as a lot of children are during the awkward phases, if you want to call it that, through childhood. So my grandmother really, really helped me and spoke life into me and my mother as well to know and believe in myself. It wasn't until I got into corporate America that I saw that the things that I just thought were just regular in me was the the leader inside that my grandma had been developing all those years, you know, come out. So 
that's when and how, you know, I realized that, hey, I, I am a leader. Okay, thanks for that. And kudos to you for number one, having a grandmother and a mother that poured into you. I can relate to that. My grandmother actually helped raise me, is my great grandmother actually helped raise me. So I know how that goes. And I think some of those, like the older the person is, maybe they give you some of that wisdom that, you know, maybe a younger mom possibly doesn't have. So I think that's such a gem to have that um, older influence. Yes. I agree. Okay. And I do agree that, you know, like, it's like, you just do what you've been taught to do, what you learned was the right thing, not realizing that everyone doesn't operate in this way. So that was something I had to realize as well. Yes. Yes. And those older people in your life are very, you know, very, very influential. My grandma was born in 1924. So, you know, growing up through, through the depression and all these different things, civil rights and whatnot. So that she was really big on that. And I really am forever appreciative of that. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Erin, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? I feel my code of leadership as far as I believe in really helping people and having confidence. Confidence goes a long way. And not saying that, I mean, there are some leaders that aren't confident, but it's important to be confident. And that's a really big thing for me, helping others see the light in them, see that they can you know, overcome things and build that confidence because iron sharpens iron at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I'm very big on sharpening someone's skills, letting them see what he or she can do. I used to be a director of education at Barbizon modeling schools years, years ago. And it was just so, it was so enlightening and so great to see a young girl come in the door shy by the time I'm done with her, she's walking on cloud nine with the confidence of, you know, 10,000 men. So that feeling, it means so much to me. So I love to bring that out of other people and build their confidence. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. And I I do agree. Confidence is definitely necessary to be the leaders we were created to be. And speaking just from a personal standpoint, like confidence is something that I battle with even to this day. So, you know, that could be a lesson that is necessary at any point in life, however many times that we need it, just so that we keep going and show up the way that we were created to show up. So I love that. Yes. Okay, so I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Erin, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? I would say this, broken crayons still color, right? So it's sometimes in life where we all have failures. We all have had situations, but think about the the colonel from KFC, what, over 149 mm-hmm. times to get his idea out. That's failure. For me personally, even within me doing real estate, you know, I dealt with postpartum, as you mentioned earlier. And within that, I was taking the real estate exam and I failed numerous times. But imagine if I didn't continue to go and didn't mm. press on, I wouldn't be where I am today. So failure happens. And like you said, there is a lesson in failure. And it's some people have to be taught that so they won't get held up in 
in the failures and learn how to rise and make it a seed and just water it and water it and water it until it grows and manifests. So my, my answer to you is that, you know, broken crayons, they color and people have to know that. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. Look, I feel like you've been looking over my shoulder. Look, we have, (laughs) (laughs) we have such similarities. I love that. One of my future speaking topics is broken crayons still color. Like, I mean, I totally believe that, you know, uh, just because we've experienced hardship, just because like you said, things don't go our way. Don't mean that we aren't useful and doesn't mean that we can't keep going and make life happen, whatever that may be. And then you mentioned one of my most favorite stories, which literally changed my life because I remember finding myself in my 30s and I'm like, I'm not happy where I am. But in my head, you know, like I think the I think we were misguided as children where, you know, we were told like by the time we were 20, we were told to have a house and pick a fence and get married. Like we were told this like bogus story that everything was supposed to be set by the time we turned 30. So then for me. In my 30s, I wasn't where I was wanted to be. So I kind of was like, oh, this is the end of the road, you know? And yeah. hearing the story about Colonel Sanders, like that story literally like did something to my soul to find out that this man didn't make his dream come true until he was 65 years old, you yes. know? And that let me know like, okay, I'm only 30. I was in my early 30s. So like, I'm only in my early 30s. I think I got some time. You know, but just understanding that it's okay. And some people don't reach the epitome of their lives when the storybook said that they would, but that doesn't mean that they still can't. So that was really awesome. I appreciate that. No, that's that's absolutely true because even look at Oprah, you know, the time it took for her to test to where she's at. And we do live in a society where people are programmed and conditioned to think that if they don't have certain accolades by a certain age, then it's just a failure. Mm-hmm. And that 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 idea and that narrative has to be changed yes. quickly because so many people fall into that and then they feel like their life is worthless. Yes. But like you said, Colonel Sanders was 65 years old. As long as you got air in your body, yes. it's time. It's time. It's just how you use it and how you um, go out there with action to get the things that you're wanting. Because I think we all have been in places in our life that it's just not where we want to, but it is initially up to us to, you know, go out there and and make that change, you know, and not feel down and be on our laurels, you know, when it's not really, oh, I'm 35. I don't have any kids. Oh, I'm not married or whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, no, I definitely agree. Yes, I love that. Okay, so Erin, can you share a time that you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? It's funny. Now it's funny. I remember years ago, I was uh, about 21. That's been a little bit of years ago. (laughs) I was 21 and I was a collections manager and um, I had about 20 to 25 people under me, all ages. So I remember one young lady, we were just having some problems with her and I was young. So I really lacked communication. I mean, I've always been articulate and things of that nature, but as far as the maturity on how to, you know, approach someone and mm-hmm. knowing your audience, things of that nature. Yeah. And I can remember listening to one of her calls and she was supposed to be working, but she was, um, you know, on the phone with, you know, her spouse or whoever, just they going through it, you know, on the work phone. And I just remember yelling across the floor and it was just not appropriate right Mm, mm -hmm. but I didn't know what a leader was I thought a leader was a dictator 
I thought a leader was someone who micromanaged and, and hung, hung, you know, over people. And I'll never forget my HR rep gave me a book called Gung Ho. And I read that book and just teaching you what a leader truly is. And it gave a lot of insight to a young, a young 21 year old Aaron. And that let me know that that is not the way that I should be treating people, you know, mm-hmm. our parents, people. So I had to really do work even back then from within to learn communication, to learn how to talk to people, to listen, because a real leader listens. Mm-hmm. So that, that moment for me was, it was really life-changing for me at that age, you know, because that was my job and it was just unprofessional, just totally uncool. So that would be the, the experience in that time that I was just like, wow. <laughs> Yes. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I love one thing that stuck out to me is that you said you had to do work from within. Right. And I believe a lot of people, you know, say you're going through a situation with an individual. Right. A lot of people think they need to help this other person change. But what I'm starting to learn is that when we change ourselves, we'll be surprised at how it changes others around us. So like you said, focusing within you know, helps you to become a better leader. And I think a lot of people need to understand that and focus more on what they can change and be surprised at how it changes everything around them. Absolutely. Energy is transferable. Yes. And it's really important to know how to hone and control your energy because, you know, a person can walk into the room and you can just feel the wave of either Mm. positivity or the wave of their negativity. Are they having a bad day? Get Mm -hmm. out of their way. You know, so it's it was really important for me. And now I'm at the point where I recognize when that energy could shift in a you know really quick. What is it? Hundred real quick. You know, everyone has those moments, but it's just learning how to control that energy. You're absolutely right. It will set a, a wave into your life of the people that you should be around, positive things. You know, to make different things manifest in your life. So I'm yeah, I'm really really big on that and people knowing and understanding that, especially in leadership. I, you know, help people with their communication to their employees or coworkers or just communication in general with my um, consulting firm. So it's really important for people to really hone in on that and and get that right. Yes, I totally agree. Okay. So Erin, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort? to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? Whew, well, <laughs> let me tell you. And I'm yes. going to say it because I can only speak for the shoes that I am within. Yes. I will say as a mother and as a woman, a single mom, you know, it can be very challenging, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're working a job, you're going to all these different things, all these different, you know, things you balls your job, you're juggling and whatnot. So as a woman for myself, I can honestly say you do have to put a little bit more oomph into it just because um, other things as far as family wise that we have to deal with. Does that men, mean that men don't also have those, especially ones who have families? So yeah, they may, may, you know, depending on. But what I will say is not impossible. Yes. It's not impossible to to be a great leader as a mom, as a woman. It's not impossible to, you know, do certain things and be at the same ranks as, you know, your male counterparts and things of that nature. So will I say that it's a little bit harder? Yeah, you know, it may be, depending on the person and the frame of mind of that individual. So, and what they're doing it for. But it's possible at the end of the day, with all that said, it's possible. 
Yes, I love that. I love that point of view. And I totally agree with it. You know, as women, the scale is not even for us. This is something that just is, you know, but like you said, it doesn't stop things from being impossible. We may have to work a little harder. We may have to, like you said, juggle more balls, but if we keep going, we can make it. So I love that. So thank you. Welcome. Okay. So productivity is a hot topic right now as it should be. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Mm -hmm. Erin, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Well, for me to stay productive, I first have to start my morning out right as far as I really big. I'm big on meditation Mm -hmm. and just thinking my day out and getting it out. But typically on a Sunday, I write out whatever I got to go and whatever I have to do for that week. And if other things come up on the schedule, that's fine. But for me personally, I'm big on like writing things down in my calendar to stay productive and just being positive and taking it on that way. A lot of people, you know, think of productivity like, oh my gosh, I can't do all this. And the anxiety of getting things completed and done. If you don't finish it today, write it on the, the you know, your schedule for the next day. But I always started out with meditation just to get in my head, okay, what do I need to do for the day? What kind of energy do I want to have as I go through the day taking care of these tasks or what I may come against? So that works for me in regards to productivity. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. And I do agree. And that's something that I was doing that I need to get back to. But yes, I do. Like you said, the morning routine. And I think a, a lot of people like me, I'm I'm a slowly recovering night out, right? <laughs> oh, oh you talking to a night out too? Nah, I love to stay up late at night, but you know, have me get <laughs> Yeah, so I struggle with the morning, but I do agree that waking up earlier and having that routine sets the tone for your day and does make you more productive. And then, like you said, taking the time on a Sunday to write out your week, or even if a person, let's say you can't think that far ahead, taking the time out every night write your day before but write that stuff down write it down people I think in the world of computers and phones we undervalue how important pen and paper is or even if you use your phone just use something but for me it's something about a pen and a paper and actually physically writing that just kind of embeds it into my brain brain. yes Yes. so you know keep keep that stuff write it down and and make a plan you know because if you don't you're just kind of aimlessly going about Absolutely. I really hope, yeah, people take that and adopt it if you haven't already done so. Absolutely. Okay. So, Aaron, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? Well, I kind of already shared it earlier in the conversation when I told you about working at Barbizon and working there. And I also worked at John Casablanca's, you know, being an instructor and just working with children just to, because children are so innocent, you know, mm-hmm. not all kids that were coming to our school were, you know, of privilege and things of that nature. So some of the, my girls who were coming in who were from, you know, different areas where, you know, mom and dad doesn't drive a Mercedes Benz or, you know, things of that nature, their confidence was a little bit lower than it should mm-hmm. have been. So, like I said, I'm, I'm big on speaking life into people. You know, it's important, especially if you know that someone's not getting it from the people that they see on a day to day. So when I was mm-hmm. seeing these young people on Saturdays and Sundays, I made it a point to really help them grow, you know, as far as individuals and confidence, because 
that particular school wasn't always about being a model. It was really a confidence building, you know, for these girls. And just to see the light bulb turn on when the first two weeks they're shy, they don't have, they're ashamed and all these different things. And I'm bringing this confidence, like this, this butterfly is just immersing out this cocoon. It's like, oh my gosh. And it is such an amazing feeling. Even with my adult clients, the ones who may have, you know, have to do presentations at work and they never do presentations. They never speak in front of people or work a PowerPoint and teaching them and showing them that you already got it. You just need me to sharpen it a little bit. That's a great feeling. And that's one thing I love about some of the things that I do. Okay. Thanks for that. I do agree. I have experience working with children as well. And even like you said, even adults, like when you help a person understand or see their greatness or feel better about themselves, like it's something that it does to you personally. That's like, yes, yes. I'm here for a reason. You know, like when I say one person at a time. So yes. I love that. And I can agree. Okay. So Erin, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader? or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? I was taught by one of my best managers years ago, working in corporate America for banks and stuff that, you know, you can only control what you can control and that's you. And I say that to say that as a leader, it's important to know that you may not necessarily be able to control, and this is for people who may have teams and, you know, things of that nature are working with people, but it's important to really maintain who you are. I spoke earlier about energy. It's the energy you put out. You know, you have to know your audience. So these are things as a leader that you should always really work on is just maintaining yourself and continuously doing self-development to make yourself a better person, to make yourself a better leader, because, you know, people look to you for guidance for whatever the listeners may do or out there. So it's just really, really important to work on yourself and self-invest and make yourself a priority. So that way your team sees that leader coming out of you. They don't feel as if they're being micromanaged or just crazy things, you know, but it's just really, really important to um, really watch your energy. And then that way it, it allows your team to see that you're someone that you they would want to continue to work for or our respect. Okay, thank you for that. I love what you said. You can only control you and being very adamant about lifelong learning. I totally agree with you that we need to continue to develop. I think that's another narrative that needs to change whereby a person feels once they get to a certain level or once they graduate college, it's like, oh, I have everything I need. No, it's that every day we can find a way to be better at something if we take the time to look for it. So, you know, I'll keep learning, keep growing, keep consuming information and figuring out how you can add it to your life or change something, adjust something. Like, you know, because we want to, we'll never be perfect, but we want to try every day to reach some kind of perfection or to reach perfection. We'll never reach it. But every day we should try to be better, basically. Yeah, there's always areas of opportunity. Yes. You you know, the smartest and the brightest, you know, what do they say? Millionaires surround themselves around billionaires and learn things. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel great. I really enjoyed it. Yes, good, good. I did as well. 
Well, Aaron, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership yes. Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Yeah, absolutely. Now you can follow me on the socials on uh, IG as self underscore confidence underscore whisper, as well as on Facebook under the Rising Phoenix Firm or Aaron McFarley. I also have my website at www.therisingphoenixfirm.com. Feel free to go on there to check out our upcoming events as we do different things throughout the community. We should be hosting, we'll be hosting a uh, goals board party coming up this January. So please look out for those dates and the time and place. I also have my book out on Amazon, Rise Up, Overcoming Depression. It's a book and a compilation of different journal entries, quotes, and just my story and tools that I use to overcome postpartum depression as well as anxiety. So please, please check me out and hope you all can keep in contact. Okay. Well, thank you, Erin. We appreciate your insight today. Thank you. I really enjoyed it, Nicole. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I really enjoyed this interview with Aaron, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Aaron's viewpoint on the importance of paying attention to the energy around us. As Aaron stated, energy sets a wave in our life, and we must be conscious of our own energy as well as the energy of those we choose to be around. The energy in our atmosphere shapes our days and our life. This includes first ourselves, then those around us. It is essential that we assess all energies so we can make the necessary changes to increase our vibe. A quote by Bruce Lewis reads, If you don't like something, take away its only power, your attention. I admire Aaron's understanding of the importance of our elders and the value of their presence, advice, and insight. When we realize that the input of elders helps to make the journey smoother, we will seek and appreciate their insight. This may seem fundamental to some. However, it can be foreign to others. The fact that Aaron realized this and willingly received this input at a young age is awesome. Elders provide a knowledge and wisdom that only comes with age and experience. So it is important for us to acquire all the information we can from the elders in our lives. A quote by an unknown author reads, listen to your elders' advice, not because they are always right, but because they have more experience being wrong. I can relate to Aaron's love for and mission to help others see their light and build their confidence, as I have the same. As Aaron mentioned, there is something about seeing a person change for the better based on your help that is priceless. Aaron and I share the same understanding that broken crayons still color. And we both look to empower others to keep pushing regardless of anything. I absolutely love Aaron's reference to the Colonel Sanders story as this story actually changed my life. Once I discovered 
that Colonel Sanders did not start KFC until he was 65 years old. A spark in me that had went out, reignited, and I realized that my story was not over. A quote by Wayne W. Dyer reads, see the light in others and treat them as if that is all you see. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Erin mentioned that she starts each of her days with meditation to set her mood and intentions. Meditation helps to reduce stress, control anxiety, promote emotional health, enhance self-awareness, generate kindness, increase attention span, and more. I know firsthand about the benefits of meditating daily, yet I have not followed this practice lately. I will make it my business to set and stick to a morning routine that consists of meditating as I believe in and have experienced the benefits it provides. I aim to show up at my best at all times and know meditating will help me to do so, which is why I will add this practice back into my daily routine. A quote by Deepak Chopra reads, the most powerful benefits of meditation come from having a regular daily practice. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing that you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled Be Confident with Aaron McFarley. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.